episode 89 of the Talking Ferraris podcast. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, here today. Uh, we got three episodes this week. I uh, already had one come out on Monday with David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins. Uh, I've kind of been releasing some clips about that. You can listen, watch that episode on YouTube, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's created some conversation with, you know, because he made a lot of interesting comments um, about, you know, Manny Machado uh, and, you know, A.J. Preller, what he's like in negotiations behind the scenes, um, just kind of his interesting perspective on the team. So I'd, I'd like that if you uh, go watch it, listen to it, give me your thoughts. And I just love, you know, communicating with all Padre fans, you know, talking baseball. So go ahead and tell me your thoughts on that. Uh, but as we move here to episode 89, uh, I wanted to give a quick CBA update, um, a little bit about Padre's Twitter and everything that's going on about there with Eric Cosmer's wife and some Padre fans, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and then the main kind of reason for doing this episode about an article I wrote for GaslightBall.com today, this morning that came out uh, about five reasons that it's difficult to acquire Matt Olson, uh, at least from the Padres perspective, this offseason. And so I'll share the screen on the YouTube side of things, go through that. Uh, and same thing with the tweets that about with all about, you know, Casey Hosmer and uh, Padre fans, which was, again, it was funny. So we'll get to that. But first, kind of starting off with the CBA update, which stands for the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Again, it's been a lockout. So as you could imagine, it's been a little difficult, you know, thinking of things to talk about, but been trying my best and just staying communicating, you know, with Padre fans, with some guests that we've had on. Uh, but it's been a lockout since December 2nd. You know, there had been no movement. And I understand that They'll use the excuse of kind of, you know, with the lockout and everything, maybe being a part of the reason uh, for not much movement, not much negotiations going on. But we've been past the holidays for, you know, a couple weeks now, and there still was no movement. But it looks like that's about to change. As Jeff Passan of ESPN reported yesterday that there will be a meeting tomorrow virtual. So it's not in person. So there's probably not going to be a whole lot of move uh, momentum going there. But. Um, things can still get done digitally, as we've seen, uh, but it's going to be probably on Zoom or something where Major League Baseball is going to meet with the players and present the Players Association with a economic proposal, a core economic proposal, which is what Jeff Passan reported. Uh, Evan Drellich of The Athletic, by the way, was the one that kind of reported that it would it would be online, the meeting. Uh, now. What that means, core economic proposal, so it's going to be about the money, obviously. It's, so it's not going to be so much about the rules. Will it be about, you know, implementing a universal DH, you know, the seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, starting extra innings with the uh, runner on second? Not really that stuff, but more about the money, which is the big thing, obviously. It's not it's not so much about the rules. It's about the money. It's about, um, you know, because the new rules – lead to the money like if you have an if you have a dh for example universal dh that creates more jobs which means that the owners are off the nationally owners will have to pay more money uh to players because you're adding a dh there um so just sort of those things it all leads to money as we all know uh but as again for the cba um their meeting uh you'd think that they're going to be talking about what the players want which is 
uh, shorter time before hitting free agency. Instead of six years, it's five. They want arbitration after, I think, two years instead of three, if I remember correctly. So it'll be more about that stuff than the rules uh, from what I am reading on Twitter and believing, uh, you know, from different writers and people in the know. Um, so that's the CBA update. Hopefully there's be more updates on Thursday tomorrow about that. Um, and we'll just see where that goes. Now, moving to a little bit more of a funny topic. Uh, this week, Casey Hosmer, uh, who has now just got married to Eric Hosmer, obviously first baseman of the Padres and probably the most hated player on the Padres. Um, Casey Hosmer has been getting into a little bit of Twitter wars with Padre fans. Uh, she obviously had a lot of time on her hands. And this week, if you go look at her replies, her tweets and replies on her Twitter profile, there's a lot of uh, replies about the wedding. And it seemed like she looked up because uh, she's been getting her and Eric have been getting a lot of flack for uh the wedding and everything that went on and there were no masks obviously and uh just how big the wedding was and eric's blue suit which i kind of made a little bit of fun of um but they've been getting a little bit uh, of heat to say it nicely about the wedding and padre fans and padre's twitter is undefeated as we will see there are some tweets on here as i i'll share my screen my screen excuse me um for the youtube side of things but there are some clips or some tweets i should say where you know that it's not really great to say on this podcast uh and so you can go look at that yourself uh but as for some tweets that i just wanted to show here and talk about for the podcast audience as well uh, that I thought were funny and were it was all right to show. Here's one of them from Justin Newell on Twitter. Again, this was kind of this week. Uh, him saying, didn't see any current teammates uh, at Hosmer's wedding party. And Casey, Hosmer's wife, replied, oh, my gosh, when did they trade Manny? Question mark, exclamation point. I thought that was funny because Manny was there. He was one of the current teammates that was there. Paddock, Snell, there were current teammates there. Um, but there was a lot of comments about Tatis not being there. And I think Casey replied to someone about uh, New Year's Eve being a nice holiday. We wish he was there. And there's just been a lot of jokes about Tatis not showing up. Um, but, yeah, this was funny. Didn't see any current teammates in his wedding party. Casey replies, oh, my gosh, when did they trade Manny? Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. She having fun with that. Another one. Uh Erica at Midget Bubs uh, on January 11th. I fully believe that Casey Hosmer has a burner, a burner account and knows the ins and outs of Padres Twitter uh, and has has it posted on her wall. Casey then responded. That's funny. Uh, That's funny, though. So she's I kind of like that. You know, she's kind of embraced it a little bit and gotten after and she's still replying to people, but um, she kind of went had a night of replying to fans. And so that was kind of funny. Uh, that's funny though. I fully believe it. Hosmer's Casey has a burner. And then obviously like, again, uh, repeating, she responds. That's funny though. Um, so maybe that's her admitting that she does have one and she's totally in tuned 
And maybe she was replying to fans, just not on her account. Who knows? But and then here's another one. I also thought was funny and she thought was funny as well. Uh, at Mocha underscore guy uh, says at Casey McDonald Hosmer trying to convince everyone that the Hosmer wedding wasn't the worst part of 2021. Uh, and it shows the Machado and Tatis confrontation fight thing that happened in St. Louis in the middle of that whole collapse this past year. Uh, and then Hos- uh, Casey Hosmer responded and said, LOL, that's actually funny as hell. Uh, so she's having fun with it. Uh, Padres Twitter, the fans are undefeated. They're never going to lose. Uh, I saw some really funny ones that, again, I don't think is probably appropriate to say on the podcast or show. So you can, if you're interested enough and you want a good laugh, you can look at them yourself uh, on Twitter. Uh, but I, I did want to kind of talk about this because it was funny. And for some any people that didn't see it, uh, maybe you got a laugh out of these. Um, again, you can look on Twitter for more of them uh, as well. But so I wanted to get to that. Again, I mentioned the CBA update, uh, but the real reason about this episode is my article kind of that I wrote on Gaslamp Ball this morning. Five reasons why it might be difficult for the San Diego Padres to acquire Matt Olson this offseason. Uh, and that, let's just get to it. Um, look, Matt Olson, he's a great player, an all-star caliber first baseman, in my opinion. He's obviously would be way better than Eric Cosmer, uh, but obviously with Eric Cosmer's contract, we know. Uh, that it's going to be hard to trade Eric Cosmer and therefore get Olsen. But that's just the beginning of why it would be difficult to get Olsen. A regular fan, someone that's not too deep into it or didn't look into the situation as deeply as I did, might that might be their main reason, right? That the Hosmer contract is just a, too much of a barrier. People don't want to bring that on for a zero-war player. Um, and that's why they're not going to be able to acquire a guy like Matt Olson because then that would have to add more payroll. And in terms of just the roster, you know, having Hosmer on the bench, that's even if you don't trade Hosmer in a deal, which I, is, is almost impossible if you're going to acquire a first baseman that Hosmer isn't going back in a deal. Um, but like I mentioned here, Matt Olson could emerge as a trade option for the Padres, but there are barriers that exist for a deal to take place. And here are the reasons, uh, just not just, the Hosmer contract. Um, we can start with the Hosmer contract, though. Uh, one of them is that I said, why would the Oakland A's want an expensive first baseman if they're in rebuild mode? Um, and and that's true. Again, you can read this article on GaslightBall.com as well. Uh, but why? It, it's it's a good question. I think that I asked. You know, why would the Padres want, or why would the A's, excuse me, want Hosmer on the team if they're in a rebuild? You know. He can bring the great clubhouse leadership and all that, all the intangibles. But if the A's are going to be in rebuild mode, why would the A's want to bring in someone with a high payroll, someone that would add a lot of money to the payroll, and he isn't even really producing? So while he might help the rebuild by not playing great and not hitting great, not playing great first base, and, you know, maybe helping them lose more games uh, than, you know, Matt Olson would, obviously. Uh, it, that's a lot of money for a small market team that wants, that's already trying to shed payroll. We saw that with letting Melvin go to the Padres, you know, that seven or eight million, I think, that he was due. 
we've seen that they're trying to rebuild. They're listening to offers on Manaya and Olsen and Chapman, pretty much everyone. They let Marcus Simeon go. They didn't even want to offer him the qualifying offer. Uh, a couple off seasons go, then he goes and almost wins the MVP with the Blue Jays. So that didn't turn out great for them. But So they're obviously trying to shed payroll. Why would they want to give Hosmer, why would they want to pay Hosmer the $59 million remaining on the deal? Or I know that they'd have, the Potters would have to eat some, but why would they want to give him even $10 million a year if you're rebuilding? That's just me. I, I don't think that they'd want to do that. Um, now, another reason Olsen's contract is more full, affordable than Hosmer's this year. Uh, look, the Hosmer, the Hosmer contract right now, uh, I believe he's getting paid $20 million this next year. Olson's only getting paid, I believe it's $12 million. Yeah, $12 million. So the, the A's would be saving $8 million if they just comparing Hosmer's contract and Olson's contract. Now, I know that the Padres could eat money, eat some of Hosmer's deal to level that out, uh, but I think that the A's would want to go in a cheaper direction if they're, again, if they're in rebuild mode. There's no point in spending a bunch of money on a first baseman if you're in rebuild mode, you know, because if you're not going to keep Matt Olson, then you're you're really not committed to winning right right now. Like, Matt Olson's one of the best first basemen in the American League and even in Major League Baseball. So the Hosmer contract for this year that might be a barrier, you know, just in terms of contract for contract, that's $8 million more than what Olsen is making in 2022 if they get, you know, a full season in. So maybe the A's don't want to add more payroll for a worse player, obviously, when they want to be in rebuild mode anyway. Uh, you just don't want to be adding that salary. Um, so that's another reason. And another reason there, I kind of mentioned it, about the Padres, or excuse me, the A's wanting to go with maybe a cheaper first baseman if they are going to trade Olsen because they are in rebuild mode, small market team, they want to save money, is that there are going to, there are other teams, you know, they have other first basemen like a Luke Voigt with the Yankees, like I mentioned here in this article, um, that are only being paid, you know, a little more than 5 million instead of 20 million this year. That's a big gap. And $5 million is less than the $8 million that Olsen would make. So th- theoretically, they are saving money if they would trade Olsen to the Yankees uh, and get Voigt back in return. And Voigt's not terrible either. Uh, so they, I think if they're going to trade Olsen, they'd want to bring get back a player where they're not paying as much as the $8 million that Olsen's making this year. And certainly less than, you know, the $15, 20000000 million Olsen could make, you know, in arbitration. Uh in the years ahead before he hits free agency. So I think the competition is a big reason why the Padres, you know, might not be able to get Olsen this offseason or ever, because I know that I mentioned here, it's hard to, you know, realize, you know, remember that there's other teams that are going to want a all-star caliber first baseman on their roster and someone that can hit 20, 30 home runs a year, um, just a power bat. Uh, that plays pretty good first base as well, can DH as well. Uh, so the National League might even, you know, he might have 30 suitors or excuse me, 29 suitors instead of uh, more limited if they want a DH or whatever. Um, so just the competition, the the farm system, right? 
The A's obviously rebuilding. They're going to want pro- star prospects back in return. And the Padres might not be in the best position in terms of getting of the return that they can give to the A's because the Padres farm system is not as strong uh, as it has been in past years because of deals that Preller has made, whether that's the Austin Nola deal and trading Taylor Trammell and Andres Munoz, uh, whether that's, you know, the Blake Snell deal uh, where, you know, they had to trade Luis Patino and Mejia um, and Blake Hunt, I believe was his name. Um, and then another uh, pitcher. So the farm system is not as strong. Obviously, the Clevenger deal, they had the deal, guys. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, Marcano, two, two competitor Marcano, and the Musgrove deal was another, or the, excuse me, the Adam Frazier deal was another one. So they have, they don't have as strong as a farm system as other teams might. So they just might not have as many star prospects that the A's would be interested in. Um, so it just might not be a match that way. And the Padres, you might say, Ben, well, the Padres do have star prospects. They have Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, Luis Camposano, uh, James Wood could go on and on, you know, at the top there. But the Padres with Preller, at least, you know, reporting that we've seen from Dennis Lynn and others, they're, they don't want to, and I, I'm with them. I agree with the Padres here. They don't want to trade Abrams. He's untouchable. I think he should be untouchable. I think he could be a mini Fernando Tatis Jr. Maybe in the outfield, maybe at second. If Colonel moves to first, who knows? But I think he could be he would he could be a cornerstone of this franchise, you know, deep playoff runs moving forward. So CJ Abrams, I believe, is untouchable. Robert Hassel the third, I would make pretty untouchable. Uh you'd have to really blow me away. And I'm sorry, but only a couple more years of Matt Olson. I'm not giving up six years of control of Robert Hassel III, who is probably going to start every day in the outfield for six years here in San Diego if he hasn't moved. I'm not giving him up. James Wood, I'd give up in this Matt Olson deal, but I'd still be hesitant. Uh, I guess if the Potters are going to eat a lot of money on the Hosmer deal, I wouldn't give up James Wood. But So there's guys, Gore, I'd be willing to give up, but... It seems like his mechanics are better. I want to give Ruben Niebla a chance with Gore. So my point is I'd be hesitant to deal Abrams, Gore, or definitely not trading Abrams, definitely not trading Hassel if I were Preller. And I'd be hesitant to trade Gore uh, just based on Niebla coming in. And it seemed like Gore had been pitching better mechanics-wise. And it seems like he's trending upward from when he collapsed, you know, and went all the way back to Peoria last year. So I'd be hesitant to trade from their top tier prospects. And in a Matt Olson deal, look, the A's are going to want and and they're going to want and I, I don't blame them. They're going to want to really take advantage of a team and try to get as much star prospects as they want. Kind of like how the Dodgers did or even the Nats did in that Dodgers Scherzer Turner deal. I know Scherzer and Turner is better than just Matt Olson. But the A's could pair Manaya and Olsen, and you have a similar type deal where the A's really want the team's top two, top three, two of the top three prospects, something like that. And if I were the Padres, I just don't think it's worth it um, to, you know, Matt Olsen is a great player, but it's not an, it's not a guarantee that he signs for long term. And I, I just wouldn't. And then. So I, I, I'm just hesitant on giving up some prospects that the A's are definitely going to be interested in. 
Uh, and I don't, again, I don't blame the A's for being interested in them. Um, so that's another reason. Again, other teams like the Yankees, they have star prospects that they might be more willing to give up based on their situation. You know, the Yankees want to keep Aaron Judge and maybe they want to start getting in a World Series if they want to keep him. Um, you know, you want to maximize the prime of Garrett Cole's career and all that. So the Yankees might be, I know the Potters are there. We're definitely in a window of contention and we're might be in the same spot as the Yankees. We really want to win a world series. You know, we're in, we have a bunch of star talent that can do it if they stay healthy. Uh, so we're in the same spot, but the Yankees, obviously bigger market, larger payroll, willing to spend money. It seems like, um, and I think Brian Cashman might be more willing to give up top tier prospects uh, like uh, one of their star shortstops, you know, uh, because, you know, depending on what they do later this offseason when the lockout ends, they have Carlos Correa available, Trevor Story's available, still have Anderson Simmons on a one year deal. And so maybe trading one of those two prospects, Volpe or uh, Oswald Peraza, uh, might be, a, you know, intriguing to. Uh, Cashman, and he might be willing to pull the trigger on that. And so, and that's just one team. There's a, multiple teams that would be willing, I think, to trade for Matt Olson and give up top prospects. That I, if I were Preller, probably wouldn't be as willing to do, just because I, I believe in Hassel. I believe I still want to believe in Gore, and I definitely believe in Abrams. So, I think that's another reason. Uh, another reason that I talked about here. AJ Preller might opt to wait. Um, look, Preller here, I know that he has, you know, this reputation of being aggressive and going getting guys. I know that didn't happen at the trade deadline last year, but obviously, like the Rockstar GM whole thing with Matt Kemp. Geez, Matt Kemp, that obviously didn't work out well, but um, he has the reputation of being aggressive and going out and getting guys and making moves that we might not think of. So he might not make this move. That's kind of my point here that moves that we're expecting he maybe doesn't really make. Um, so I know I, I wasn't really expecting Machado to come here. That happened. I wasn't expecting Hosmer to come here uh, until obviously the reports late the process where the Padres are like the only team interested, uh, but that didn't really expect that. Uh, didn't expect Blake Snell and you Darvish to be here last off season. Uh, so, you know, uh, hot, I didn't expect Jorge Alfaro this offseason, right? I didn't, I didn't expect Nick Martinez from uh, overseas. So my point is he makes moves that we're not expecting out of the box moves. Wasn't expecting Adam Frazier last year. I know that didn't work out, but he makes moves that we're not as a fan base expecting. So he might not even touch this deal um, or he just might opt to wait. Kind of like I mentioned here, um, considering when this lockout ends, we don't know when this lockout ends. It could end well after February 1st, and there's just not a lot of time. Even if it ends, let's say, February 1st, which I say what I've, I've said previously, should be the deadline that we should look at and say, hey, all right, things need to start happening here because there's two weeks till spring training starts, uh, and this is going to be a problem if we don't get moving here in terms of starting the season on time. Um, so if this ends, let's say, February 1st, that's only like two weeks to make a whole roster, get a power hitting outfielder. Kevin Acey said on extra 1360 with John and Jim that um, the Padres plan on signing someone like a Nick Castellanos post lockout. We'll see if that happens. I'm more of a Chris Bryant guy. Anyway, that's a total different topic. Um, but Preller might opt to 
hedges bets and wait. You know, you can get less. You might not have to give up as much uh, at the trade deadline, right? Because it's half season less of control that you'd have of Olsen. Um, or there's just not enough time, right? Two weeks, that's just not enough time maybe to get a deal done. Teams, yeah, they might be talking right now, but they're not supposed to be. Um, so assuming that they're not, you know, it might just take a while for conversations and, you know, the heads to agree on a deal, you know. So he might opt to wait. The timing's just not great. So that's another barrier for the Padres to acquire Olsen, uh, as well as the other ideas that I've mentioned. Um, the last kind of thing I said is the lockout continuing isn't what Preller wants. And that's kind of what I mentioned here, you know. There's just, I just don't, I mentioned before, excuse me. Uh, there's just, there just isn't a lot of time. I I just don't see that there's going to be a whole lot of time for Preller and other teams to construct deals and really think about deals when a lockout is probably going to go into February. I just, and right now, I know that, trust me, I want a, a better first baseman. You know, Matt Olson would make the Padres better. Uh, but I think that a bigger priority right now is getting a power outfield bat like a Castellanos or a Bryant or a Schwarber, um, you know, or a Nelson Cruz if they get a DH. I think just getting more power in the lineup. And you might say, hey, Ben, Matt Olson is power. And I understand that. But they can still slide, worst case scenario, they can still slide Jake Cronenworth over to first, have Hassan Kamer Profar at second. I know it's not a lot of power there but still be okay in the infield there. But what they really need is the, in the outfield. There's still options in the infield. That's my point with Kim and Cronenworth at second and first, respectively, or Profar in there as well. That's my point. You obviously know third and short. There's options with Manning Tatis, third and short. You know that there's options in the infield. My point is in the outfield, there just isn't. Right now on the depth chart, it's Myers and Wright, who could still get traded, but I prefer him stay just one more year. He could get traded, but there's Myers and right, Grisham in center, and then right now it's pro far and left. That's the depth chart. You could say Jorge Alfaro, but I'm sorry. Jorge Alfaro should not be the starting left fielder on opening day. Neither should Jerks pro far. That's just not where he plays best, and he you need power in the outfield. There's just not much options in the outfield right now, while there's more options in the infield. They need to go after an outfielder. That should be the higher priority right now for Preller. And... So that is pretty much why it, there's some barriers, at least for me, uh, for the Padres to try to acquire Matt Olson. You know, other teams are going to be interested with that might be more willing to top uh, that might be more willing to part with top prospects. The Padres should have higher priorities than first base. Just to be quite honest, right now there might not be a whole lot of time to make a move. Um, you know, post lockout. So. There are varying things. There, there are numerous reasons why it's going to be difficult for the Padres to acquire medals in this offseason. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section on Gaslight Ball or YouTube or Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Love, uh, you know, the conversation with Padre fans. Let me know your thoughts. It's not, again, it's not just the Hosmer contract that's a barrier. That's only the start. Um, so, again, let me know. This has been episode 89 of the Talking Friars podcast. Again, Ben Fadden here. We will have Tyson Ross coming on the show this week as well, former Padre opening day starter, former Padre uh, starting pitcher. He will come on, and that episode should come out Friday. Uh, so excited to ask him some questions there. 
Um, but again, CBA update players in Major League Baseball meeting Thursday. We'll see what comes out of that. And Padres Twitter is undefeated. So Ben Fadden here signing off. Until next time, let's go Padres. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Have a good one.